There's lots of ways to lose your Bitcoin, and crypto doesn't discriminate. A crypto whale has lost massive amounts of Bitcoin cash, and an Irish drug dealer lost his profits, and then some. Warren Buffett sticks with his hot take on Bitcoin in spite of meeting with Justin Sun, and Shopify has joined Facebook's Libra Association. The state of Wyoming will soon have its own crypto bank, thanks to Caitlin Long. Tyler Winklevoss had a $3 million Bitcoin pizza moment with space travel. And crypto continues to get mainstream exposure, as The Simpsons includes a segment explaining how blockchain works. Around the world and back again, it's all the news that we can squish into this podcast without making us seem like real journalists. And we know crypto goes up and crypto goes down. So welcome to the up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, start, select, bad news. Episode number 375 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Uh, is that is there a mario reference in there somewhere travis no that was actually that's the konami code so if you type that in on the nes like on contra or castlevania or any of the games that were konami like that that was like a i I thought that was a well-known code i was gonna actually ask or it would be good if we had an nft we were gonna unlock this episode because it could (laughs) unlock the nft but there is no unlock. However, we are going to have an NFT on a couple future episodes to the folks listening to this episode. Welcome to Bad Crypto. Several upcoming episodes. Glad you guys are here. This is our bad news edition uh, in partnership with our friends at Cointelegraph.com. It's our first stop for all the news that we can use as we put together this show. Let's give a shout out to our show sponsor, MobiPay. Money's been around for a long time, gang, from cowrie shells all the way up to the cryptos, but making payments mobile. I guess they had mobile cowrie shell payments, right? Some guy would get up and walk over to the other guy. They'd be mobile, mm-hmm. but they did it with they, ele- without electronics. That's true. Uh, but- MobiCoin is going to be super cool. This is an integrated reward and payment token. It connects all fiat and major cryptos directly to the global retail marketplace. The idea is that you're using crypto without even knowing that you're using crypto because it just works. And that's where we need to get in the blockchain space. Check out what they're doing at MobiPay.io, M-O-B-I-E Pay.io and claim $10 in free MBX tokens when you participate in their beta launch. Yeah, go ahead and do that now. That's good stuff. I love this. One thing I really like about this, Mr. Jocom, is the fact that they have that three components. They have that mainstream consumer app for folks to to, to know where to go so they can spend their cryptos. Then they have a crypto exchange, kind of an app deal. And then they have the merchant gateway. So merchants are really going to love this. This is something like this will drive mainstream adoption. And now we go to the news. And refreshing coin gecko for timestamp on February the 27th, 2020, 311 p.m. The crypto market caps at 250 billion. Looking at the top 10, Bitcoin 8714, Ethereum 224, XRP 23 and a half cents, Bitcoin Cash 321, Tether 0.99, Bitcoin SV 226, Litecoin 6073, EOS 354, Binance Coin 1877, and Tezos standing tough. 
in the top 10 in the number 10 slot at $2.72. Mr. Travis Wright, who are the big winners and losers for this last seven days? So I would say the big winners are nobody, and everybody was the loser. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at this. That's, that's kind not of, true. That's, that's not, not true. true there was nope. a couple of tokens that did. Yeah, Aeon. Aeon, the number 76 coin, up 40% this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hyper Network, 21%. Yep, there's another one here called DX Chain, which has moved all the way up to 60 overall. Algorand, which is the Algo token, that was the fourth biggest one. It was up 5% this week. So, folks, as you can tell, not a very positive week when it comes to, you know, overall growth of the cryptos. It's been No, lots of red. Amongst the top 100, if your coin didn't fall at least 10% and, you know, a good 25% of them or so fell 25 to 30%, then you weren't playing, yo. It, it's been a rough week for cryptos. Probably a lot of it caused by the coronavirus scare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, though. It's like it seems like we've always talked about that, that, that crypto is supposed to be a safe haven. But we do notice that the price of gold and silver have been going up. Right at last, I noticed it was sixteen fifty. Do you have a do you have an exact number right now? Uh, I'm looking it up right now according to my gold tracker app. Gold is at sixteen forty four. Silver hit as high as like eighteen sixty. It's down to seventeen seventy five right now. You know what the precious metal to have bought over the past couple of years is is palladium. Palladium was actually the big winner. I remember seeing about a year ago, Palladium was at about $1,300 an ounce. And today, Palladium is at $2,754 an ounce. Wow. Yeah. Doubled in price. That would have been the huge score. It does like the Palladium. It's like, isn't that a venue somewhere? Like, oh, it's bad crypto at the Palladium. Right. It sounds like, I think it's a venue in California, maybe in Los Angeles. Taking a look at the Bitcoin clock, 72 days to the halving, folks. 10,726 blocks. Now the ETA is pushed back again, Travis. May 10th is the ETA. And I don't understand that because... The blocks go out every 10 minutes. So how do they not have this calculated precisely? Yeah. How is it not like atomic clock level, right? Are, are some of these, are some of the blocks lasting a little bit longer? Because this thing keeps pushing. You're going to hit up to my birthday because now your birthday's the fifth. So we're five days away from your birthday here. My birthday's the 16th. Like who's it going to be closer to? All I know is on having day, there will be a special episode. Maybe it'll be a regular episode day, but we'll probably be, we might even go live mm-hmm. on having day to, uh, to share happy having moment. Yeah. You know, it'll be we'll, probably like episode 387.5 cause it's a happening. So it's gotta be yeah. a half episode. Something like that. All right. Well, checking out the big news here, Mr. Travis, Wright, The lead story on coin telegraph, Anthony Pompliano, the pump speaks to CNN about Warren Buffett and Bitcoin. You know, once upon a time, Warren Buffett gave an interview and he said, I don't own any cryptocurrency. And he has spoken against cryptocurrency. And recently, uh, Justin Sun got to meet with Warren Buffett. And I guess he gave him some Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what's <laughs> Pomp did have a, have a good statement. So, you know, so Buffett, he does not like the cryptos. He th- and then his, his business partner, Charlie Munger, I believe he said that it was rat poison squared, right? I mean, so they, they don't like it. Justin Sun asked him to the deal. They finally had the opportunity to meet. But here's the thing. 
You know, and Pomp says this very nice. He goes, you know, although they respect the billionaire and consider him a financial genius, he did say Buffett is a little out of touch when it comes to tech. He says this, quote, I really don't take technology advice from someone who uses a flip phone or doesn't use email. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, Warren Buffett is clearly a financial genius. You don't get to where he's gotten without being a financial wizard. If you could refer to anybody in the last century as the financial wizard of wizards, it would have to be Warren Buffett. But there's there's this blind spot when it comes to crypto. And, uh, and I'm not sure I understand it other than he's been so entrenched in the fiat currency world and the stock markets for so long that there's just no place for it. It's too disruptive. Mm. Well, you know, Warren Buffett does have a Twitter handle. But he's never tweeted. No, he doesn't. He doesn't tweet. I he actually, doesn't use any of, that, any, of that, any of that social media stuff. Yeah, I actually we tried to get him on the show. I I know who his assistant is, and I reached out to her, and she's like, he he doesn't do any podcasts. Yeah. So I mean, there's he, that. This, too. It, this dude spends most of his time seriously. Like this, I tell you, I think I've refer, referenced this book before, but Charlie Munger's Almanac, like that book. It's really it's a really big book. I got to sit right back here on my bookshelf. And, uh, dude, it just talks about the philosophies, like really genius, really smart. I think some of it is from that time. Like they don't take into consideration technology or 95 internet beyond that just doesn't concern them. Consumer goods and banking, traditional stuff, commodities. He loves that. Um, but you know, anything technology wise, he's sort of stayed away from. Well, here's some bad news. And this one comes from Harold sheets.com. And the headline here is Crypto Whale loses $30 million in BCH and $15 million in BTC to hackers via a SIM swap. Now, of course, this is alleged right now. We don't know for sure what's really happened. But can you imagine, dude, uh, that, you know, you go to check your wallet and $45 million in crypto is has been stolen? Mm, yeah, I mean. So, you know, I think it was way back episode 40 for Bad Crypto, maybe episode 41, we talked about my sim hack that happened. And that's a that's a crazy thing. It's not it's not uneasy. <laughs> it's not it's not it's you don't have to say that. Hold on. You want to you want to come up with some new words for that? I'm going to make it it's like yeah, no cuz seriously, it's like really it's it's a, it seems to be a simple process depending on your phone carrier, but if if you look at any of these sort of um, you know, phone carriers in the United States, a couple of them have had a lot of SIM, a lot of SIM card swap. Now, this right here has happened to a uh, one single Chinese whale claimed to have lost 15 million in Bitcoin and the 30 million in Bitcoin cash. That's 45 million pounds. Actually, that was pounds, 45 million pounds. It's closer to, I think, 60 million dollars whenever you look at the, the different ones. So I've seen 53 uh, million pounds. I've seen 45 million pounds. This article right here, I think, maybe has the, uh, the the icon switched incorrectly. It's closer to $60 million worth, and it's because they, somebody contacted the phone company, acted like they were them, got that phone number to switch the, the SIM card to swap to another device. So now this phone number is on somebody else's phone, and now they can then reset your passwords and reset your email because they can have it back to the sms and get a text message to reset passwords and that's what people did to me and they got into my twitter they got into my gmail they got into my travis Wright email they got into my apple id and that whole thing was crazy they did not get any cryptos for me because i don't keep cryptos on exchanges right 
Right. The uh, the report was originally shared by Dovey Wan, who is a founding partner of Primitive Crypto and an advisor to Coindesk. And uh, he says that the hacker is apparently splitting the BTC into smaller amounts and may enter into a mixer soon. So it's a real hack, most mm-hmm. likely R.I.P. BCH. Only a double spend can help this poor guy now. But you got to wonder, like, who would leave that much crypto accessible? On a cell phone. I mean, the amount I have accessible on my cell phone is from a couple small play wallets. Everything else is offline. Like mm-hmm. my uh, my phone is not worth the trouble. I guarantee it because it's locked away in a Trezor off location. Uh, but yeah. who keeps that kind of money on a, a phone? I think I have like one. I got less than less than a full Litecoin, and just like oh man, I'm gonna some, hack you some dust. I got like some Ethereum dust, like. Maybe 0.012 Ethereum or something on my phone. I, I don't keep cryptos on my phone. Why? Because my I was SIM card hack, right? I've learned that lesson. And people say, if you don't own your own keys, you don't own it. So you got to put it somewhere else. And so don't keep the cryptos on you. A lot of times. I mean, that's why when I, I do look forward to some of these other salute. Now, you know what? I do have a um, crypto.com card that I could access a little bit of crypto on, right? But that's just like me spending it. But it's not very much in there either. So... Right. Yeah. Well, you know, in spite of the market falling pretty dramatically, I mean, from the high we saw of almost 10,500 where we are right now, it's about $1,800 that Bitcoin has dropped here over the the past week and a half or so. The article here on Cointelegraph by William Suberg says Bitcoin price bull run may last 1,000 days as 2020 is now the best average year best year ever in Mm. terms of volume weighted average price yeah volume weighted average price but here we are we're two months into february right so think about it whenever you had the big had the big bull run in 2017 the price of bitcoin was mostly low in the early parts and then it made that huge run up and then so that the weighted volume was much less then at the beginning of last year it was thirty two hundred dollars at this time last year so like less than four grand in february then it started right. making this big run up so yeah this makes sense that the the average price for that is uh but a hundred what do you say a thousand day bull run so like for like a three the model forecast for 570 more bullish days but not in a row <laughs> well no of course it, you know, it's always two steps forward one step back you know before we recorded this we did an interview with jed mccaleb from stellar foundation who um this will come out in a future episode so you guys want to be watching for that and we originally had him on in august of 2017 and at that time bitcoin was 4400 dollars. so i'm like you know even if you bought back then and you hodled through the run to 20 and back to where we are where we are now you doubled your money. Most people in the stock market in two years, you know, unless they're day traders and they're looking at every little thing. If you invest in a company, it's very rare that you hit one that doubles in two years. Mm. Yeah, but what's, you know, that is interesting. There's, they have a really nice graphic here. Cointelegraph, great with the graphics. And this one right here shows like in 2012 to 2013, how that bull run went and how it started and where it was in the mid midway cycle of that. About 500 some odd days. The first part's like 376. The second one was 366. All concurrent. But look at the, how the how the prices went. Then you had a little bit of a down market. And then when the bull market st- started off again, it did this pattern and it grew. It was pretty nice. And now it looks like we might be about midway through this thousand day bull run. But it's 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 
went up from where we were because it is we're in an ice bowl run if you compare from where we were in February of last year. So the last 12 months have been pretty nice. I mean, you know, we've never seen anything like this, Travis, because we have people even here in this article, it says the using the stock to flow Bitcoin price model that between 2021 and 2024, Bitcoin will be an average of one hundred thousand dollars. Now, there has never been a time in history you know there might be some stocks that people projected oh this thing's going to double or go you know four or five x over the next 10 years or so Mm -hmm. but here we are talking about going more than 10x in just a year or so like it's totally casual it's it just seems to be expected because we know that the supply of bitcoin is limited to these 21 million ever there's, there's just never been another currency that meets this criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we look at it, if we see exactly like right now, how many coins have been mined exactly? Let me see here. This 18,523,900. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say about 18,700,000. So you could tell me how good my guess is. Okay. And the, according to CoinGecko, who we always like to use as our source of truth, it is 18,240,937 in circulating supply right now, which, which means 2.7 million are all that's left. And they're starting to come out as a trickle. So basically all the Bitcoins for the most part are already out. Like the only ones that are going to be around are the ones that people are willing to sell, right? And so, because they're not making a whole lot of more new ones, right? And you can't, you yeah. can't, you can't do it. It's baked into the code, gang. Well, they'll just, they'll just make more. No, that's you're confusing them with the Federal Reserve Bank mm-hmm. that infuses billions and billions more paper fiat currency into the marketplace, devaluing every dollar that you are co- currently holding. Think about that. Think about what would happen to the price of Bitcoin if if core team all got together and everybody voted and somehow the crazy unthinkable happened and said, well, we're going to make 21 million more, which can't, it can't happen. It's baked mm-hmm. into the code. But what would happen to the price of it? It would go down dramatically. And that's what's happening to your dollar every day because they're just flooding the market with billions more worthless paper money. I think we really need to to do another fork of Bitcoin and call it Bitcoin Spoon and just confuse everybody. And that'd be awesome. You get the SPN token. <laughs> so, apparently, there's a number of reasons why Bitcoin has broke the lower resistance. And of course, coronavirus is one of the alleged fears. Now, neither you nor I are coronavirus experts. However, I am old enough to remember swine flu, SARS, avian flu, mad cow disease, and, you know, so many other alleged threats, Legionnaire's disease, you know, well, that was a Mm -hmm. long time ago. But the point is, is that I'm not sweating this. I'm not saying that people aren't going to die. Clearly they are. But, you know, over the course of a year, something like 30,000 Americans, if I believe that number is correct, will die of the flu. Mm-hmm. And so far, we have not a single death in the United States, although there is some bad stuff going on in China and it's spreading to a couple areas. But fear alone. And, and I hold I really hold the media responsible for uh, for this, for creating hysteria. Well, I mean, how many people die a day of the flu? Just the regular flu. Well, it's about 30,000 people a year. 
Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. a lot of people. That's just America. Primarily, it, that's America. It's primarily, I mean, I have to fact check that, but the point, whether it's 10,000, 30 or 20, whatever it is, a lot of people die from the flu each year. And usually it's elderly people, right? Or those with suppressed immune systems. I would say this, wash your hands. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> well, and wash them regularly because it's like my, my son, I noticed this with my son, like he gets the, he gets the flu regularly. I'm like, and I watch him and I'm like, Oh, well he touches things. And then like he messes with his shirt collar and then he, eat, then he eats his shirt collar a little. So he ends, I'm like, he's sitting at, he's sitting at desks at school that six other people at different hours are sitting in and they probably didn't wash their hands. And it's like, yeah, you're around a lot of germs. So, like, y'all, some nasty people, wash your hands out there. Now, I got a family member who's a virologist. She got a PhD in it. And one of the things that I've asked was, you know, what what do we know? What do we know for certain? It's like, there's not a lot we do know because China is kind of repressing that information. So there's not a real, we don't really have a gauge of what it's actually because there's no transparency. So imagine this would be really good to have pandemics on the blockchain so you'd actually know you have this so the data is like it's in the best interest of humans to know this so don't be a regime that doesn't share the data you know what i mean like maybe that's something with blockchain would be a really good use case like maybe you get the un on that hey let's do a data thing that's transparent you guys well travis you know that uh crypto whale is not the only one to lose bitcoin there's a story here on the guardian (laughs) clifton college (laughs) my dude yeah, he's an Irish drug dealer. How'd he be oh, top of the morning to you? I'd be dealing you my methamphetamine. Uh, he hid the codes for his Bitcoin fortune on a piece of paper and stashed it in the aluminum cap of a fishing rod case that he kept in a rented home in Farno, Cornamona County, Galway. And then something happened. Yeah. And so, so here's the thing that is is a, a potential consequence that can happen if you are a drug dealer is you can get arrested. Okay, <laughs> and so that's what happened with this guy. They arrested him. They found two thousand pounds uh, money, not actual pounds, but just you know the uh, the <laughs> the English dollar, the pound. Yeah, they found two thousand pounds worth of cannabis in his car. And uh, that gave him five years in jail. And so when he was in jail, the landlord of that house just dumped all his <laughs> threw it away. And so the codes and they, are gone. He's like, but it's the codes. That's what they're, they're calling it his codes, the, his codes. private keys. He lost his private keys. And uh, that was the only place he put them was in this little fishing thing. And then he went to jail and then all his stuff is gone. Is that not like, I mean, first of all, you shouldn't be dealing drugs, right? That's not, that you know, it's illegal. So he ends up spending five years in jail and he's thinking, oh, Les, when I get out of here, I'm going to have all my Bitcoin and I'm going to go travel the world and get all the lasses. And then he gets out and like all this, all this crap I, is gone. There's, bl- there's going to be gold at the end of my rainbow. This is five years, man. It's going to be so good. Where's my fishing pole? Where's my rod? Where's my case? <laughs> What's my aluminum rod, fishing rod case? It was the cat. What'd you do with it? Oh. In the dump. And it's gone. So You're the worst okay. landlord ever. <laughs> I curse you. The moral of the story is don't Stay hide. Stay away from me like it's charms. <laughs> <laughs> don't be hiding. <laughs> <laughs> 
your codes in a stupid place oh my gosh and and don't don't deal drugs and don't do drugs kids i mean i've been there and done that i lost brain cells make it legal america so speaking of coronavirus mr travis wright coinbase has apparently released their plan for the spread of coronavirus what does that mean how does coinbase what how does this affect the exchange well, the article was by Turner Wright, not Travis Wright, so I don't know. So he's I, wrong. I thought, I thought you had the right idea. No, so, so, so yeah. Coinbase, so it's interesting. It says, once there once there have been more than 100 cases of in-the-wild, person-to-person virus transmission, phase one will take place. Coinbase's plan includes minor measures like increasing the frequency of cleaning their offices and restricting office visitors to essential personnel only. And then so the second second phase is going to be when there are a thousand cases similar to those in phase one or some form of government imposed quarantine is in effect. It's going to escalate the, the Coinbase response by stopping all visitors to their office and no longer offering meals on site. And the third phase would be containment has failed. It's going to be a wild ride. Coinbase would then be required to work from home and third party services for cleaning and snacks would be unavailable. And the fourth phase is we're all going to die. I think that's the phase we're in right now. Everybody just immediately went to phase four. We're all going to die. And, you know, that's the thing about it is like, mm, here's the thing that's just, you know, you might get it. You might not get it. Chances are one in 100,000, you're not going to get it at this point. And it's way easier to get one in 100,000 that you will get it. Yeah. One in 100,000 chances you will get it. And then, you know what, what's really more likely is you're, you're going to have heart failure. You're going to get cancer or something like that. So, I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. Just worry about being in, being healthy. That's one thing that makes me think about. It's like being a fat dude, probably a good idea to lose some weight so I don't have so much space for, you know, coronaviruses to come in and nestle inside me and be all like, oh, here's a line. Have a party. Yeah. So actually, the odds of being struck by lightning in the U.S. in a given year are about one in a million. But it kind of depends on which state you're in. Like if you live in Montana, your odds are one in about 250,000 of being struck. But if you live in California, your odds of being struck by lightning are like one in seven and a half million. So there's a little tidbit for you that you didn't want to know, but just kind of give a little point of reference there. By the way, Coinbase is in, let's see, United States, Japan, Ireland, and the UK, and they have already started the phase one response in their Japanese office. Mm-hmm. This this episode brought to you by Purell. Wash your damn hands and then use hand sanitizer everywhere you go. Fist bump. I'm getting ready to go to a conference in San fist Diego, bump. Social Media Marketing World. I'm not shaking any hands. I'm just going to fist bump people. Yeah. You know? Uh, so in an era where a few Big companies such as eBay, Visa, and Stripe have backed out of the Libra Association, which is Facebook's association. Shopify has said, we want in. Shopify has said that. So, you know, that that's one thing that's interesting is, as, as Joel mentioned, there's been a lot of big companies leaving and we've not heard of any companies joining in a while. Like, I don't even, I don't even remember the last time I've heard of a company joining, like maybe six months ago. Uh, you know, like I think they announced it last June or something. So, I mean, we've not heard much about what's going on with Libra. We do know that they've sort of they're, they're holding off stuff, but 
David Marcus is still leading it and they're still doing stuff over there. And here's the oh, yeah. Libra foundation. So it's like, it's not like it's going away. No. So I think it's just evolving somehow. I mean, this is interesting. I don't think they want going. press right now. They are executing and they're trying to work with regulators, not just domestically, but internationally to push this thing through. Mm-hmm. Shopify sees this as a way to process transaction without paying credit card fees. And there's over a million merchants that are running online shops on Shopify. So, you well, know, Libra is designed to move with uh, almost no fees, if mm-hmm. any at all. So well, that's one crazy. point. But imagine, like, it's it behooves Shopify to kind of get cozy to Facebook because, look, they got all the people who like to buy the things. And if Shopify can get closer to Facebook in any way to help facilitate more e-commerce, I mean, oh, they're all about that. That makes sense to me. You know what I mean? American actor Steven Seagal's in trouble, Travis. Uh-oh. He's kind of beefed up. I don't know if you've seen him on video recently, but he's uh, he's not a small man. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently he promoted an ICO without disclosing that he was paid for it. And the Securities Exchange Commission has said, all right, pay up $330,000 to the commission. Mm. That's their commission. That's how they get their commission. For mm. Commission uh, gets commissions from other people yeah. by not asking the commission? Yes. I I just really like to see Steven Seagal go up in there and then do just like a roundhouse kick or something. Like video it. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to the SEC today. You know, piss off Steven Seagal. And then he goes in there, him and Chuck Norris together, and they go, man. Which would win in a cage match, Seagal or Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris. Because Chuck Norris beats everything. Chuck Norris, I think, is the de facto. Chuck Norris beats Mike Tyson. Chuck Norris beats Wolverine. I mean, Chuck Norris beats rock, scissors, and paper. Yeah, <laughs> all of them <laughs> at the same Steven time. Steven Seagal doesn't doesn't beat. He can't beat the SEC. They uh, they nailed him on this one. He had an epic ponytail and some sweet kung fu moves back in the day, though. Everybody was kung fu fighting. I got to add that one to the thing. So this one on uh, Daily Crypto Press, former guest of the Bad Crypto Podcast, our friend Caitlin Long in Wyoming, is going to build a crypto bank there in the state of Wyoming. What's that all about? Yeah, Mr. Joe Com, she, uh, she says the future bank is called Avanti. And Avanti, I guess, is, is uh, Italian, which means forward. And so they, the company was founded in January. They've already raised a million in seed funding, and they're going to provide payment, custody, securities, commodities activities for institutional customers using digital assets. And I tell you what, she has been such a great champion for blockchain, not only in Wyoming, but, you know, nationwide. And just she's been at a lot of events worldwide. She's super smart, doing some amazing stuff. And we had her on an episode not too long ago, sometime last year. And, uh, yeah, so they're doing some yep. cool stuff in Wyoming. It goes right along. I guess it complies with state law in Wyoming, and Wyoming's all about the blockchains and the banks and good stuff. Here's a piece of trivia for you all. So if I say Wyoming, in your minds, imagine what is the population of Wyoming? Go ahead. Get a number in your mind. Got it. All right. Say it out guess? loud. Want me to guess? Say it. Go ahead. Uh, 700,000. Okay. So I would think most people would say one or two million. That would be my guess. Yeah. You get 700,000. As of 2018, the state population was about 577,000. Mm. So that makes it the second most sparsely populated state in the country. Uh, would, would that mean Montana? Alaska, pro- Alaska would probably be the first one. You think so? Well, because Alaska's huge. And then how many people live in Alaska? 
Uh, that's talking, a good. We're talking sparsely. We're talking ge- geography to you, quantity. You're correct. You're you are correct. But um, in terms of actual people living there, I think Wyoming might be the least populated state. I'm actually looking it up right now to see if I can find it. Yeah, Wyoming is the least populated state, but Alaska is much bigger and uh, less dense. Dude, Wyoming, so Wyoming's just north here of Colorado. And the times I've driven up there, oh, the winds? You know, I lived in Oklahoma where, you know, Oklahoma where the Mm -hmm. winds go sweeping across the plains. Wyoming is worse. Mm. You got to add that song now, though, technically. And the storms, (laughs) sure, why not? The winds and the storms on Wyoming are cray-cray. And we might, uh, we've been invited to uh, that Wyoming blockchain conference that's going to take place this fall. So we're going to see if Mm -hmm. we can perhaps make that happen. Anyway, way to go, Ms. Caitlin Long. Um, good to see that happening. Yeah, I'd love to go to that. It's like a hackathon and all kinds of stuff going on in Wyoming there. Yeah, that's, that's the, the event. September. It's a hackathon. Yeah, we've got invited to that a couple times, and unfortunately we've not been able to go, so hopefully this year we'll be able to figure it out. Maybe That'd be good. Year. Across the country, Travis, what's happening in New Jersey? New Jersey's got things going on over in Jersey. So they, uh, they introduced a bill here to regulate cryptocurrencies at the state level. So they're thinking that uh, they should be regulating this statewide instead of countrywide. And so the Assemblywoman Yvonne Lopez, she proposed the Digital Asset and Blockchain Technology Act, and the legislation is going to establish new requirements for virtual currency businesses and create consumer-friendly protections by requiring crypto firms to disclose their legally registered names, AML, anti-terrorist stuff, and their licensing and legal history to the state of New Jersey's Department of Banking and Insurance. So they're saying you got to regulate if you're in New Jersey. That's the boring part of crypto to me. All this regulation stuff is just so. But it's important because unless we get there and people understand what crypto is and how it works, people are going to get ripped off. And, you know, but but other countries around the world are saying that blockchain is not necessary for digital fiat. This is happening in central banks from Canada, the Netherlands and the Ukraine. They're all kind of like, we don't really need blockchain to have these digital currencies we're Mm, thinking about. We don't really need transparency, you guys. That's kind of what it is, right? eh, We prefer you guys not know how many we print. Yeah, forget about that. Forget about that. So we're going to forget about it because we think they're full of it. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that, you guys? Let's just don't worry about it. Before we get to the rest of the news, quick shout out to SoMe Social. Uh, SoMe is a blockchain-based social media platform built for privacy, end user control, and content monetization. It's like, imagine getting paid for your Facebook post, folks. I mean, do it. I mean, Joel posted some stuff the other day. What? got like, what, 20, 30 bucks on a post? It was crazy. I dig it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. So it's privacy focused, censorship resistant, and you know you control your data. So it's really good. There's also lots of different monetization options. There's content. There's curation rewards. There's advertising revenue sharing. The social media landscape is changing, and blockchain is making it happen. Visit SoMe S O M E E. It's like some e dot social. Check it out today. I still think of So Me So You. Little Lionel Richie. Oh yeah. Um, so forever. Was the way it should be. 
number 352, we had Christina Lamazo on from the UNICEF Crypto Fund, you know, doing good stuff with uh, with finances here. And there's a story that we're going to let you guys go read about because I think it's interesting. But uh, the article is how the Ethereum Foundation got UNICEF to embrace blockchain. And, uh, but you know, I think that this helps make for a persuasive argument as you go through this piece it's pretty pretty lengthy so i'm not going to read you quotes from it but it is definitely a case study in approaching those that are in the old guard and attempting to uh, reveal new ways the better ways to do something Mm -hmm. in the blockchain world yeah and unicef they're using they're using ethereum and other ones are using stellar when you were saying that it's like I, I thought you were going to say like how the Ethereum Foundation got their groove back or something, but I was like, what should be is like how Stellar got their groove back. Like, oh, for see episode. what you did there. <laughs> we, I say that because we just interviewed Jed McCaleb for a future episode. So yes, we did that. <clears throat> this article on the block crypto.com Square sold over half a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin in 2019, outpacing the broader crypto exchange volume growth in the fourth quarter. wonder how much of that uh, goes into Jack's pocket. Well, they say that's how much a half a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin was purchased on Square's platform that people bought. So whatever the transaction fees on that would be, a percentage of that, I would assume. Yeah. But Think about this. I mean, let's look at our our handy dandy news site, CoinGecko, right now, and let's just see a news site. That's a that is our exchange pricing site, exchange partner site, pricing site. So take a look at this right here. Uh, Forty three billion dollars worth of Bitcoin has has uh, gone on and uh, in traded in the last twenty four hours. So Square saying, "Hey, we've done half a billion dollars last year." And then I look at CoinGecko and see $43 billion that was just traded today. And I say, well, it's good that Coin did it, or I mean that Square did it. But uh, there's a whole lot of Bitcoin being traded uh, outside of that ecosystem. That just happens to be more of a mainstream type of thing. So that's good, but it's still just a fraction. Crypto's dead. Is it? It's over, man. Again? Big dead. Again. Ugh. Again, can't believe it's all over. Well, if it is over, then you wouldn't know from pop culture because one of the greatest pop culture icons of our time, The Simpsons, the show that is now in its 31st season, the longest running uh, television sitcom ever in the history of all time. Episode number 13 of season 31, Jim Parsons, the actor from that show that I hate, The Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. uh, they cartoonified him and he explains what blockchain and consensus based cryptos are in this episode. Yeah, and it's actually not mockery. It's them actually explaining it in a relative intelligent way and, uh, what easy to understand and you know there was some uh, there was some uh, self deprecation to Jim Parsons himself but other than that it was really it was very informative entertaining actually it's in our show notes go click it and you can see if you haven't seen it already it's uh, definitely well worth watching yeah uh, it's kind of funny cuz at the end he says also we know who satoshi is but we're not telling <laughs> no you do not uh, i've i've never been a huge fan of the simpsons but i am a fan of seeing crypto go mainstream this article here on coin telegraph has a really interesting headline and i've intentionally not read the story yet because i just want to be pleasantly surprised as we're talking about it the headline in this piece by anna alexandra says tyler winklevoss 
had a $3 million Bitcoin pizza moment with space travel. What, Travis, have you read this yet? Do you know what happened? So, yes, yeah, so you remember that Laszlo dude, right, who bought that, those two pizzas for 10,000 Bitcoin back in the day? Yeah. Well, this is interesting here. So, so Virgin Galactic has this thing, and they said, hey, you know, uh, jump on board. Uh, I think it was 2000, this is what, January 2014, it said, and uh, w- which one? Tyler Winklevoss actually bought a ticket for Virgin Galactic for three hundred and three hundred and two point five Bitcoin, which was two hundred fifty thousand dollars at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's worth a lot more than that. Three it's worth over three million dollars right now. And so, like, does that get him an extra ticket? It doesn't get him anything else, but it gets uh, um, Virgin Galactic. You know, a nice if they kept that Bitcoin, um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, help to pay for that rocket a little bit. <laughs> I wonder if he's got to pay the remaining down payment. That was just the down payment. He's like, hey, no, no, no. I gave you 312 Bitcoin. That's worth three million dollars. That's kind of a cool thing. Look, I will pay you this. It will appreciate in value over time and just we'll deal with the, we'll deal with the rest of that cost later. Yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, Tyler's hurting at all, though. Probably not. I wonder if he had to go back to all those banks and undo all the codes and be like, OK, I got this is a real pain in the ass every time we want to get a little crypto out of here, Cameron. I know. Deal with it, Tyler. In our final story, this one related to the MMA. Apparently, they're going to tokenize MMA Tamagotchis. They're going to Tamaget you. Dapper Labs, who made Crypto Kitties, has announced a partnership with Mixed Martial Arts Promotion Ultimate Fighting Championship. Mm-hmm. Finish him. Yeah, so you'll be able, if you're a fan to own, maintain, and trade UFC-branded collectibles on the Dapper Labs Flow platform. Yeah, real ownership, stake in the game that you love and the communities they're a part of is what the Dapper Labs CEO said about the, the platform. Now, we just came back from, you know, NFT.NYC. That was there last week, and I saw a panel that the NBA was on, the head, then also the head of the NFL Players Association, uh digital or the collectibles division was there as well so these big sports teams are thinking about how to use digital collectibles and i'll say it time and time again that i mean it's just really be really cool just to have them all right here like oh you know what here's mickey mantle rookie card oh look at my ricky Mantle rookie card here on the blockchain like stuff like that's going to be here it's going to be easy it's going to you know it's going to be commonplace and nfts and this stuff this in-game kind of things are just common second nature to these kids i mean you watch these kids playing video games and the, the digital gold and all this other stuff they they're gonna get they get crypto these digital trans they have a phone they want to keep all their stuff in one place it just makes sense and it's great to see that more companies and more teams the ufc which have have a lot of those different fights uh very big ones they're gonna have all kinds of cool collectibles like probably i i was at this major fight with this guy and this guy and you got the nft from it and it's a collectible because you were there and like so many cool things you can do with NFTs. And we're going to have some more cool NFTs coming your way, guys. It's a, a great way to build community. We're going to give you other ways to earn them as well. And I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, we're going to be doing a survey soon. And we've got questions for you, the citizens of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, and those that, of you that are here undocumented also. 
Of course, if you're listening, you're not undocumented at all or welcome. But we're going to have a survey. And when you answer some questions and fill out that survey, we're going to give you a special NFT. So make sure you listen to every episode because you never know when we're going to spring one on you. And if you don't listen to it within 72 hours of us releasing that NFT, even if you do listen, you'll have missed that NFT. So Mm. keep up with the crypto world. And a final shout out to another show sponsor, Zen Ledger. We've had them on the show before to talk about paying your taxes on your cryptocurrency. They have a software that tracks all of your capital gains and all of your capital losses. They make it easy to do it. They give you all the data you need so you can hand it to your CPA and say, here it is. How much do I owe? You don't want to mess around when it comes to paying your taxes. Get 15% off the Zen Ledger product when you use the code BADCRYPTO15. Go to badco.in forward slash Zen Ledger. That's badco.in forward slash Zen Ledger. Hey, Travis, we got a, a literally a this just in story. Okay. Uh, just just um, in. Yeah, this just in. Our producer Aaron just forwarded me this story from hedgetrade.com. Nine Bitcoin experts give their price prediction for 2020 by Mary Thibodeau. Uh, although I'm not sure I like being called a Bitcoin expert, both uh, you and I have our predictions here alongside Tim Draper and Roger Veer, uh, Jameson Lop, and uh, Fluffy Pony, and a couple others. Yep. If you want to see what those are, you got to go, you got to check out the show notes and see the article. I'm not going to tell you. You know, why are you not going to tell them for? I'm not going to tell them. You got to go to our show notes, badco.in forward slash 375, mm. and you can see our predictions and the predictions from uh, these other so-called experts. I would. Well, consider- I do want to say Tim Draper, though. He said he has a quote for 2022, 50,000, 500,000 in 2022 is what he thinks. Yeah. Ooh. And you that won't be surprised bad, to see that Roger Veer is betting the most on Bitcoin cash. So mm. so there's that as well. And uh, that's going to wrap up this episode, gang. Thanks for listening, for sticking around here to the end. Those of you who are, you know, the real diehard fans know that sometimes you get a little funny Easter egg after the disclaimer. And you didn't even know you were going to get it. And, you know, like that time that Travis farted. I mean, that was an Easter egg. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't to those around me. <laughs> it was a special treat for them though. <laughs> uh we remain your crypto clowns. Please subscribe, share, review. It's you guys that make the Republic of Bad Cryptopia happen. And until next time, stay bad. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.